My name is Anja Karwowska and I'm the host of this amazing podcast, Get Unstuck with Your English. If you are a neurodivergent person, struggling with learning the language, tend to procrastinate too much, or maybe you have so many goals you get lost right on the bed, if you answered yes to any of these questions, you have come to the right place, my friend. I'll teach you how to apply cognitive science and evidence-based methods to your learning. I will walk you through the learning plateau. If you're scared to talk, the vocabulary evaporates your mind, have been studying for ages, following shiny objects, binge-watching Netflix, hoping that the knowledge will cross your head first Moses. If so, I'm here to help you. I'll show you how to study and tackle the language, and most importantly, how to make it stick. I'm inviting you on the journey with me. Let's add a science sprinkle to your learning. Hello, hi. So today I've decided to pre-record that short presentation multi-sensory methods in the EFL context. So we all know, or if we don't know, it's worth mentioning that multi-sensory methods are really beneficial. However, I have to first um, start with a disclaimer. Do not confuse multi-sensory methods with learning styles. We all know, or if you do not know, I'll be more than happy to share articles and research. Learning styles do not exist. So people do not have specific learning styles. You're not a visual, um, audio, or tactile, or kinesthetic learner. So we're just putting it aside. By multisensory methods, I'm trying to present the activities that you might incorporate uh, in the EFL classroom if you're working with dyslexic students. And they will help your students attach meaning to whatever they are learning and to produce results. So... When we're talking about multisensory methods, and I will go full screen, I do apologize, I always forget about that. We have something that we call a language triangle. That's actually from Orton Gingham. So we have auditory, visual, and kinesthetic. This is a triangle, which means it's engaging. Whenever we introduce a new concept, it's worth mentioning that adding um, an auditory component, such as tapping, right, when we tap syllables, or kinesthetic, even just movement in between the activity so that students can take a break, right? Or visual, it's really helpful and um, students learn better and it facilitates or yields results. So this is a language triangle. We see a boy reading the word cat, right? So he has um, actually a piece of paper and he's tapping. And then you slide cat, right? So CVC syllable. So this is the language triangle, it's visual, because you can see it, it's auditory because you can hear it, and he, it's kinesthetic because it applies hand movement. So this is what we mean by the language triangle. And really, if you have not started it, especially in younger grades of students, if you go back to speech to print principles, it really helps a lot. It also gives that hands-on learning experience. Now, tapping the sounds. Tapping the sound, this is actually just an example. I do use it uh, with younger learners. We put um, any kind of paint or even a marker on fingers, like for example, one, two, three, and then we tap it. Right? This is sound tapping. You can even tap it uh, using a board, or you can even trace it. This is like an example that I brought. It's like a uh, kitchen match bought at a dollar store. When I was talking about tactile last time, I was presenting or referring to items that are rough on the surface, right? And when your student is just 
practicing word formation, let's say b, right? Right? So it's rough on the surface. So not only you um, actually teach them how to form letters, which is absolutely necessary as it overlaps with writing. That's A. B, it's, it's tactile because you do touch it. So it gives you that tactile feeling. And it's really, I know that especially um, all the students are not very keen on, keen on it. And I do understand because it seems childish. You might use a, a sentry or anything, or you can even use it, uh, do it in the air. But it really helps tapping the sounds. We can also tap the syllables. So this is an example of alkaline box. Usually alkaline boxes are something that is printed out. So let's say you just print the boxes on a piece of paper and then you segment sounds. So we go again, I'm just presenting the very simple sounds. So a simple, um, simple one, a syllable words, we can go multisyllabic, we can go into uh, prefixation, affixation, roots, etc. However, just for the purpose of that video, I'm just taking to something very simple. So you have cat, right? So you have consonant, vowel, consonant. By <clears throat> by uh, using uh, the alkaline boxes, the student learns to segment, then they learn to blend. You can use, if you have access to, you can buy, um, an alphabet where vowels are blue and consonants are red. I think you can buy it on Allegro. It's not very expensive, I think. And then again, it just teaches students that visual representation that the vowel makes different sound is different than a consonant, right? And then you teach blending. What I also sometimes do want is students go past them um, multi, uh, sorry, uh, one syllable words, or we want to go to multi syllabic words, but two syllable words. I put coins here or like uh, some whatever you have, let's say it can be a coin, it, it even can be a Lego block really. And you, you put here, and when they blend, so they, they put one block, pronounce the, right, the sound, second block, the third block, once it's over, they just swoosh it like this, like, that's why you teach blending and after blending comes segmenting. Again, it's a very important aspect of um, speech to print, print approach. And especially if you have students who are struggling with very basic, like lit literally they lack the li foundational literacy skills in English, that is really helpful and I would highly encourage it. Then what I also do if you teach online, someone that's asking, what do you do when you teach online? So what we do here, we have annotation tools, for example, we uh, dissect the word into a syllable, right? So we have rabbit, pumpkin, robot, gumdrop, da, due. So I don't want to say that, I don't know why. So then you just chunk the word into the syllables. Then you teach the student, which is an open syllable, which is a closed syllable, right? What sound does it make? So then you have the introduction to spelling and pronunciation. And incorporate movement. That's the last, and it's really very, very simple. Even with older students, it's really tiresome if you sit, right, and you just do the exercises and you blend and you read, or you go through multisyllabic words, right? Or you just read a part of text, or maybe you're working on a piece of grammar, and suddenly it's really very, very exhausting. So what you do is incorporate movement. And I'm not talking about um, dancing or just, you know, swooshing through the classroom. It can be as simple as just stretching your arms, getting up, like even doing some 
mindful yoga, whatever, just have that one or three, five minute in like break in the middle so they do not they do not fall asleep. So this were like a basic fundamental of multi-sensory instruction. Of course, there's so much more to it. This is like, you know, like the tip, tip of the iceberg. However, if you're interested, um, I'll be running a free webinar. This like in the FL classroom. I'll take you through the spelling, how to teach spelling, why spelling matters. I'll take you through reading comprehension, how to teach reading comprehension to dyslexic students, and so on and so forth. Um, it will take place uh, on next Saturday at 8 p.m. CET, so Central European time. And I cannot wait to see you there because it will be a very, very juicy webinar and I'll be selling it later on. So if you're interested, just pop in. You will not regret it. And other than that, happy Sunday and hope to talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to me. And thank you for all the messages that I received. Today, I've been talking about multisensory instruction. And of course, I haven't discussed everything. This is just a surface level information. But I know that you will do your due diligence. You will do your own research. And I also wanted to thank you for all the messages that I received. I really appreciate them. I love talking to you. I love answering your questions and having our conversations. I really appreciate it. And thank you for all the trust that you put in me. I wanted to wish you a safe and happy day, evening, morning, afternoon or night, wherever you are, it's morning in my corner of the world. And I wanted to invite you to join me in my second edition of my signature course, Dyslexia in the EFL Classroom. This time in mid-May, there will be two versions. There will be asynchronous and synchronous version. So you can pick and choose whatever works for you. So I hope to see you there. The description is in the today's episode description. Other than that, I wish you a very happy day and hope to talk to you soon.